Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to another edition of Cool Radio. Airwaves. Cool. Airwaves. Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous, ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous. Ladies and gentlemen, we have so much to get to. Uh, one of the things I'm going to profile on tonight's episode is the ongoing beef between Game and Meek Mill. So here we go. The first track that was released in this whole entire issue, the game with 92 bars only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Listen online or download the app. You got it? MaximumFM.ca. Damn! That was fire! Damn! Sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, whoo! Damn! The game does, he does not give a, oh my goodness, he has no remorse for anyone's life right now. Holy cow. Sounds like a lot like the uh, police of the U.S. of A., if you know what I mean. But nonetheless, I'll get into that later on in the broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, to all my cool cats and cool kittens, welcome to another edition of Cool Radio, only on MaximumFM.ca. Once again, I am your host with the most DM Cool. And if you ain't already know, you better tell somebody. Ain't that right, New Age Outlaws? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Make sure you're listening live right now because we have a lot of content to get to right now. Uh, so as I stated earlier in the show, we will be discussing the breakdown of the whole game Meek Mill situation. Uh, we have a, a few tracks uh, in there, a little, you know, squabble, if you will, that we will be playing tonight to kind of guide you into the timeline of it. <clears throat> we also got to talk about the latest shootings that happened in America, both in Arizona and also in North Carolina. And then also we have some responses from athletes uh, and other people alike who are kind of within this uh, situation. But before we get to all that, man, you all guys already know what I, how I like to do at the beginning of the program. Um, I have some stuff to get off my chest. And so with that being said, I think it's time that we uh, let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe! Now, I originally did not have anything planned to discuss in the Let That Ish Breathe segment today. However, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today, and she was discussing a topic with me that I can relate to, that a lot of people of color can relate to. And that goes with the topic of your hair, and how it is deemed as unprofessional when it's in its natural state. So let me, get, let me give you guys some uh, info on that in case if you, if you aren't educated on how that works. So basically, in the corporate world uh, in particular, if you are seen with uh, your hair and it's not to the standard that they want it to be, then you will basically be ostracized for it. Uh, you will be disciplined for it, and that may lead to a termination. A lot of corporate settings have this rule in place where you have to look accordingly, you have to dress accordingly, speak accordingly, et cetera, et cetera. And when it comes to looking accordingly, um, they also refer to one's hair, uh, how it's styled, the texture of it, et cetera, et cetera. Now, for black people, we happen to be, you know, the victims of this uh, more than any other culture because our hair is more distinctively different than any other culture. Uh, it's curly, it has kinks in it. You can call it nappy, whatever you want to call it. We're probably like, 
the only people, not the only people, but as far as black people goes, like we grow afros basically, and like we're predominantly known for that. There are other races who can grow afros as well. They can grow their hair in curls and kinks or what have you, but we're predominantly known for that. So with that being said, a lot of people, a lot of black people in particular, they always have to style their hair in a certain way that makes the powers that be feel comfortable, all right? Keyword, comfortable. So for the men, um, it's very customary for the men to have very low, low-rising haircuts, basically. So just coming out of the scalp, of course. Uh, a fade is fine. A taper is fine, whatever the case may be. But anyhow, that thing grows into an afro. Then we're looking at, you know, unprofessionalism. Or even like a little mini afro or something to that extent. It's going to be – it's going to – Link be linked back to unprofessionalism. And then for the ladies in particular, ladies I feel for the most because they have a lot more hair in terms of volume. And there's so many things that you know black women can do with their hair. But they can they are they are only restricted to doing certain things. Actually, one thing if you ask me, and that's to straighten their hair. All right. So they have to straighten their hair or perm it so that it just looks straight, basically, because that is the more professional look. Or what they'll have to do is they'll have to sew in a weave and make it a straight weave basically so that everyone else feels safe or welcome. You know what I mean? So basically the whole professional aspect of being in, in, in a corporate setting, it's basically a covert way of saying you have to match the European standard of beauty in order to be welcome into a corporate setting. And this is what I'm talking about when I've mentioned in the past uh, systemic racism. It's a very covert form of racism. It's not blunt like lynching someone for whistling at a white woman or calling someone a nigger. It's telling them that they have to assimilate into what they deem as a European standard of beauty or living in general in order to fit into society. And this is one aspect of it, having to change the texture of your hair or the style of it just to make others around you feel safe or welcome, or whatever the case may be. And a lot of black women in particular go through this. Now, for me, thankfully, I haven't gone through that, mainly because of the industry I'm in, which is media, basically. Uh, media and sales before that, so I never really had to worry about that. I mean, shoot, I used to have cornrows back in the day, even when I was working. But I was before I was in the media field. Nowadays, I just go with the, with the high-top fade, with the curls and all that stuff. And I have yet to have anyone complain to me and say, hey, that's unprofessional. So thankfully, I haven't uh, come across that. And I think it's just all due uh, to, the, to the industry that I'm in and the, the lane of the industry which I'm in, which is mainly sports and, and entertainment, particularly within music. So I haven't had to go through that. But there are a lot of other black people who, are, who have had to go through that and who are still going through that to this day. And not just black people, but people of color in general. So I think that whole system is flawed completely. And I think it needs, it's something that needs to be stopped because at the end of the day, our hair doesn't define how well we do our jobs. Our hair is our hair. We can't control that. That's just the way God made us, basically. And it kind of goes back to that woman uh, in, I think, in Georgia or somewhere in the, in the Deep South where she basically got ostracized on social media because of the fact that she had a curvy figure and she was wearing clothes that kind of accentuated that. It wasn't like she was showing any cleavage or anything, like her breasts hanging out or whatever. She was just wearing very form-fitting clothing. But at the end of the day, as long as you're not showing cleavage or too much leg or anything like that, then you should be fine. But no, people want to ostracize her for that. And it wasn't even a school board who did it. Thank goodness it wasn't. But it's just people on social media, and really, you shouldn't really pay attention to social media because there are a lot of trolls out there. There are a lot of social justice warriors out there who want to say something about that, but then they have nothing to say when 
a woman like Casey Anthony has been given the license to be a daycare teacher, even though this is the same woman who killed a two-year-old infant. But hey, that's none of my business. Sip some tea real quick on that one, real quick. But anyways, those are just my thoughts about the situation at hand. What do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know at Cool underscore Radio on Twitter or DM underscore Cool. Let me know your thoughts. Coming up after the commercial break, man, we got to break down what's been happening in America with the shootings for this past week. Before we get to that, we're still going to play the timeline of the whole game Meek Mill beef situation. So you heard Game's uh, track, 92 bars, and it was absolute fire. So Meek Mill actually responded back in less than 48 hours, unlike last year with his little tip with Jizzy. Anyways, he he included a whole bunch of other rappers on his record. I don't know why, but I'm going to let you guys listen to it and uh, tell me what you think about it. So this one's called, ooh, <laughs> and I said I like that because he actually says it like that on his song. It's freaking hilarious. Anyways, keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Listen online or download the app. You got it? MaximumFM.ca. Ladies and gentlemen, cool cats and cool kittens, uh, welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man DM Cool with another edition of Cool Radio. And that was uh, Mickey Mill with his response to the game entitled, Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. I can't get over that. That's is actually the first time I listened to the song today. And all I heard was, Ooh. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'll leave that for later. But nonetheless, uh, we have... Um, more things to uh, to get to. Um, to kind of, you know, switch up the mood a little bit, man. Uh, we got to get into what's been happening in America, man. America. Um, America never ceases to amaze me. Um, with all the racism and prejudice that happens in America, the fact that it's 2016, you would think that there'd be some changes right now. But no, it's it's still the same. Even, you know, if we go back 50 years, you know, to like 1966... And basically, the same thing is still happening. It's just happening in different forms. And half the time, it's not even happening in different forms either. It's still happening exactly the same. Police beating on black people in, in 1966, 50 years later, it's still happening. Instead, this time, instead of beating up on them, they're just killing them straight up in cold blood. But I digress. Um, so let me guys give you some info on what's been happening in case you haven't really been informed. So... There are two black men who were gunned down earlier this week. Uh, similar t- in fashion to what happened to Alton Sterling and Philando Castile earlier this summer, how they're kind of how their deaths were connected, you know, on the same day or in the same week at the very least. Uh, unfortunately, the gentlemen who were involved uh, were Terrence Crutcher and uh, Kent Scott, I believe his name. Or let me uh, go back to that one more time. His name was actually. I think it's, yeah, Kevin or Kent Scott. His last name is Scott, so pardon me if I'm missing the name. But, uh, sorry, Keith Scott. Pardon me, Keith Scott. So, yeah, Terrence Crutch and Keith Scott were unfortunately gunned down by police officers earlier this week. And um, a lot of people were upset about it, and rightfully so. Uh, With Crutcher, it's very unfortunate. Well, both cases are unfortunate. But with Crutcher, he was actually helping, or sorry, he was asking for help from police, ironically enough, his car had broken down in the middle of the highway and he was waving his hands in the air. So in other, in other words, he had his hands up and he was trying to get attention from anyone who could help him out. And I believe he was the one who made the call to the police because of him in his predicament. And then uh, there's also a helicopter in the sky. Um, it was a police helicopter. And you can hear the ditch ba- ditch dispatcher saying, oh, that's one bad looking dude. Even though you're... 500 feet in the air, 
and you're already judging without even knowing what the situation is. But anyways, I'll leave that alone. Nonetheless, uh, about it looked as if you know, five officers came to the situation, and unfortunately, as we've seen this year and past years, an officer pulled the trigger on him. So that was his fate, unfortunately. As for uh, Scott, he was the victim of, I hate to say this, but wrong place at the wrong time. From what I read, the story goes as followed. The officers were issued, had a warrant issued out for an assailant that they were looking for, and they thought the assailant was, was Keith Scott, but it was not him. They barged into his home, and they shot him. And all he had in his hand, they said that he was armed, but according to witness accounts, all he had in his hand was a book. But police differ from that story, and they say that he had a firearms. So one asked him, okay, was that firearm loaded? Officer said, they don't know. So you mean to tell me that you gunned down an assailant, not even an assailant, you gunned down an innocent person whom you assumed had a gun in their hand, and then even after everything was swept up, everything was examined and what have you, you couldn't even do a ballistics examination to decide as to whether or not he factually had ammunition in his so-called weapon? Listen, if book is code, or sorry, if weapon is code name for book, then the ammunition must have been the pages and the words in that chapter novel, because that's all that the witnesses were seeing. But anyways, we'll leave that alone as well. Um, so the whole point of this thing is this, man. I'm thinking back to when Colin Kaepernick, NFL player for the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers, may, first made his protest uh, and stand and against standing for the national anthem. And one of the things that he mentioned as to why he refuses to stand is because of the fact that there's still injustices happening in America where police officers are getting paid leave by killing innocent civilians. And everyone under the sun who didn't agree with them was basically saying, you're a coward. You're a coward. You're wrong. How dare you disrespect the flag? What about the veterans? Da 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 da. America, bald eagles, guns, liquor, booze, raw. And then this happens. And those same people who were condemning him went like this silent. They didn't say a word. The moment these two individuals were unfortunately gunned down. You know why? Because they knew that Kaepernick was right, but they didn't want to admit it. The same people who tell Kaepernick to shut up and to know your place are probably the same people who say all lives matter when they damn well only say that because they want to silence out the black people who say black lives matter. And they're probably the same people who are probably petitioning for the parents of that young boy who was trapped in the cage with Harambe, basically. Even though Harambe was taken out of his natural habitat and placed in the zoo for our amusement, they're probably the same ones telling Kaepernick to shut up. But hey, that's America, right? The hypocrisy of Americans. Now, I can't judge all Americans uh, because that would be completely unfair. That would be completely prejudiced of me to do that. But this isn't the first time that America has been guilty of its own faults. And there are so many ignorant Americans out there 
who don't understand what the bigger picture is at stake right now. And it's the fact that police brutality is a far too common thing amongst minorities in this country. I mean, you're telling me that you were able to safely apprehend a serial killer and a domestic terrorist in, terrorist in the form of Dylan Roof, who went to a church full of black people, shot all of them in there in cold blood with an AR-15 rifle, and then before you took him to police headquarters, you had the conscience in mind to take him to a goddamn Burger King because he was hungry. Yet you have a man in Terrence Crutcher who was waving his hands in the air trying to get help for his broken down vehicle in the middle of an interstate and shot him down because he looked like a big, bad dude. And that's coming from someone who has their eye in the sky literally 500 feet in the air. <sighs> wow. Listen, I feel extremely bad for black people and just minorities in America in general because that is not a safe place to live, especially if you're in the Deep South because the spirit of Jim Crow lives on, apparently. Um, it's just hard that black people and just people of color and people of different minority uh, groups have to do so much to, to fight for their equal rights, even though it says in the, con in the Constitution that all men are created equal, even though men of color are treated like three-fifths of a man. There are probably pets of rich, affluent people who get treated with more dignity than your middle-to-lower-class people of color. And that's a shame. This is supposed to be the, home, the land of the free, of the home, and the brave, but it seems like the land of the slaved and the home of the cowards, and the cowards being the powers that be. It's... You, you, it's it's funny because you almost don't even know what to say to this after uh, after after hearing about these instances so much because you almost become desensitized by it because you don't know what to do to rectify the situation. You don't know whether to peacefully protest. You don't know whether to cause anarchy like what had happened in North Carolina during what started off as a peaceful protest. You just don't know. Now, mind you, the officer who killed the who killed Crutcher in Arizona. Uh, she is being charged with manslaughter. But to me, a charge doesn't mean the damn thing. Me, personally, I want to see a conviction. Give me a conviction, and then we can start talking progress. But until then, same set, different scripts, as far as I'm concerned. Now, a lot of people who, you know, they... They want to be colorblind to this. They don't want. To, they 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 say that racism play a factor in all this. They they they're usually the first to, the first people to say all cops aren't bad. Now that is the only thing I will agree with them on the fact that all cops are in fact not bad. There are some decent hardworking ones that that work their asses off to to provide for their families, what have you, despite what color they are, and I salute them for it. But here's my question to the good cops out there. How come we haven't heard you speak about this? Where are your voices? Where are you guys? How come you guys are not holding your colleagues under account for what has happened? How come no one is taking accountability for their actions? How come you guys aren't, aren't speaking you know, against them for their actions? If I'm doing bad in my job, or if I'm not doing a good enough job, I want one of my colleagues to step to me and say, DM. Step it up. You can do better. Or DM, that was wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You went too far. 
How come we're not getting that? Maybe it happens behind the scenes, but if it's happening behind the scenes, that's not good enough. We need to see that. We need to see that these good cops are out there, one, and two, that they are holding their colleagues accountable for the actions that took place. All right? So that needs to happen. We also need to see some form or reform within the police structure and how they train their officers. I feel like, and maybe this is just me exaggerating, but based on what's been happening for God knows how long now, I feel like these officers have their eyelids duct taped so that they can't close them straight, and they're watching film footage of of black people getting attacked by dogs and shot and hosed down in the streets during the 1960s. You know, watching tapings of uh, black people being lynched or whatever, and some tape recording in, in the background saying... This is what you do to black people when you see them. Kill them. Kill them all. Kill them now. They are the enemy. They are a threat to society. They should be jailed. They should be hung. They should be shot. They should be slaughtered. They should be stripped of all dignity that they have. I feel like that is what happens in these training regiments that police officers have. Because I can't understand the logic in, you know, strategically obtaining a terrorist like Dylan Roof who shot an entire church with a with a firearm that only the military should have versus shooting down a six-year-old boy in Tamir Rice within two seconds because he had a toy gun in his hand. I don't know. Somebody help me out here. Am I missing something? Am I missing the bigger picture? Am I being the crazy one? Am I the Canadian guy who doesn't know what he's talking about? Somebody help me find out, please. What do you guys think about this? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Coming up after the break, we got Trip Talk, three topics in three minutes each. Uh, we will be discussing some of the athletes who decided to speak on the matter at hand. Uh, but the first story that we will discuss on Trip Talk will be the, um, the beef between Game and Meek Mill. And right now we're about to get into that third and possibly final track in this, in this whole ordeal, which is a response to the ooh. Uh, this one's called the ooh remix, also known as Pest Control by the game. Keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Listen online or download the app. You got it? MaximumFM.ca Oh my god. Meek Mill needs to stop making this track. So this is... God. What is he, like, only 15 right now? Jesus Christ. He's looking like the Philadelphia 76ers from last year. It's looking that bad right now. Anyways, I digress. Cool cats and cool kittens. Uh, welcome back to another edition of Cool Radio, only on MaximumFM.ca. Uh, yes, that was the game with Pest Control, a.k.a. the Ooh remix. <laughs> I can't get over that. Oh, man. But anyways, uh, we are now at Trip Talk. So that's three topics in three minutes. And with that being said, let's get to it. So let's start things off with this whole game and Meek Mill situation. Now, I'm a little fuzzy on the details, but apparently this, this all started because Game accused Meek Mill of snitching. All right? Now, from what I you know, tried to soak up here and there. Apparently, Sean Kingston was jumped by some goons or something to that extent. Pardon me. And basically, he, uh, I think it was Meek Mill, claimed to Kingston that it was some of Game's cronies or goons who were responsible for it. So Game caught wind of this, and then he got pissed off, and then that's what led to this whole situation in the first place. Uh, he also got mad at Sean Kingston for... You know, airing his name out in something that he claims he had nothing to do with. You know, so we can only 
give him the benefit of the doubt because that hasn't been proven yet. Um, but basically, he got called a snitch as well. And then it led into this whole back and forth situation. And there we have it. The rest is history. Um, so as far as who ha- who's winning the beef right now, by far it's game. Okay. Now, the only thing I will give Meek Mill credit for is the fact that as soon as 92 bars dropped, the man responded within 48 hours. That's more than I can say for what happened between him and Drake last year, where Drake actually put out two diss tracks before Meek Mill even put out one. One terrible one at that. But nonetheless, uh, this is what's transpired right now. Game's winning by a long mile, especially after after uh, uh, the one that we just heard right now, the pest control. And I think Game is at the point right now where he doesn't need to say anything else further beyond that because he's clearly winning. I mean, that was the best song in the entire you know ordeal. Now, as far as Meek is concerned, he's got to stop putting other rappers on, on his disc records. His disc record should be his and his alone. Stop inviting O'Melly on there. Stop inviting whatever Philly rap scallion you got on there. And what the you, why did you put Beanie Siegel on there? He is he doesn't need to be a part of this mess. Beanie Siegel was doing just fine, being quiet in his retirement home, eating his tapioca. Why do you have to involve him in all this mess? He's long since past his prime. His rap days are done. Why you got to drag him into this? And he got pig roasted by game while he was out it at it. Stop it. It's not fair. At this point in time, I am going, I I mean, I've been saying this from time, but I'm going to reiterate it once again for the Maximum FM audience because I said this back when I was at CFRE. Um, Meek Mill is the worst battle rapper of all time. Meek Mill has yet to win a rap battle. He lost against Drake. He lost against Kendrick. And he lost against Game. Kendrick didn't even have to say anything to him. And he lost that way. But nonetheless, he lost. He lost against Wale. Wale didn't have to say shit to him. He just stayed quiet. He lost to him. So he's 0-4 now. He's 0-4. You know what he is? You know what he is. And this is this goes out to all my WWE fans. Shout out to uh, my crew, the Midcard fam, or Midcard Mess, I should say. Uh, he's like Bray Wyatt. Talks all that good stuff. But when it comes to the big match, he gets pinned one, two, three. So that's where Meek Mill is at right now. He is Bray Wyatt. He is the Philadelphia 76ers. He is, in fact, by definition, a loser. What do you guys think of this? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Now, let's get into um, this story um, with you know, the shootings that took place. Now, I know we, we talked about the basis of it, but let's talk about from the athletes' perspectives, okay? So a lot of athletes have been very vocal about, you know, the shooting or just how America is right now in this current stand stance that we're in. So let me give you um, the details of what Richard Sherman said, all right? Now, in case you guys don't know, Richard Sherman plays cornerback, not quarter, but cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks, all right? And he's been one to be very vocal, um, and he's been also been one to be criticized himself. Uh, he's very vocal, but then there have been people saying how he he's a gang member or something to that extent. Like there have been people who have said some nasty things about him. Even though, I think just because of the fact that he has dreadlocks and he comes from Compton, but he's college and university educated. But I guess he's a thug. He does a lot of philanthropic uh, activities within underprivileged neighborhoods. But he's a thug. Anyways, I digress. Uh, nonetheless, 
he was um, he was at a press conference following a game. And, you know, the, the press will ask you questions about the game, like how was your performance tonight? Do you think you guys could have done better, et cetera, et cetera, the usual. However, he declined all questions about the game. Not the rapper, but, you know, the actual game that he was playing. And he basically went in for about two minutes about what's been happening in America with the shootings, especially with uh, Crutcher and Scott. So he discussed it in full detail, said America needs to do better, said this shouldn't be the way that, that black people in America should be living, and that something needs to be put in place to improve on what's happening thus far. So he left it at that, basically. I'm just paraphrasing what he said, but it was a two-minute video. YouTube, it's up there, but it was a very poignant speech, and what a way to end off a, a, a press conference rather than saying, y'all know why I'm here. I'm here so I don't get fined. Are y'all done? So good for him on that. Um, but yeah, he's right, man. He's right. He's absolutely right. You know, a lot of people call on call out athletes, rather, because of the platform that they have, and they're saying that athletes should be role models and that they should speak up. Uh, in times of need, you know, especially in this type of situation. The ironic thing behind it is the fact that athletes like Colin Kaepernick or athletes like Richard Sherman are speaking up, but people are saying, oh, this isn't the right place to do it. You should do it elsewhere, da 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 Well, where do you want them to do it? In a town hall meeting? They're using their platform, as you said, in order to speak up. And what better arena to do it than a football arena at that? So, you know, people are, are trying to pick and choose where and when these athletes uh, should speak. And other people are saying athletes should know their place because they're a second-string quarterback. Their position has nothing to do with what they say. They could be a third-stringer for all you know, but that doesn't give them – that doesn't deny them to right to speak their voices. So a lot of people who are saying that or trying to spew out that type of, type of rhetoric, shut the hell up forever. That's all I'm saying. Do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree? Once again, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. And uh, finally, with uh, another NFL player, a retired one at that, goes by the name of Ray Lewis. Now, his comments are somewhat on the contrary. So I'm going to read them out and then I'm just going to kind of dissertate what I thought of his opinion. So this is what he said in a statement in regards to how he views the, the shootings that just took place recently. He said the following, and I quote, We're taking lives not because of black and whites. We're taking lives because it's good versus evil. If you watch these crimes, these crimes aren't race-driven. They're hate-driven. To have so much power in your hands and to take someone's life by choice, the moment you do it, you do it by choice. All right. So here's the thing with Ray Lewis right here. Ray Lewis is trying to play both sides of the fence right now. He's trying to be, quote-unquote, politically correct so that he doesn't offend certain viewers because he's now in the role of an analyst, and he knows that mainstream America is going to be watching him every week, basically. And he doesn't want to get any backlash from it, so he wants to stay as squeaky clean as possible. Because at the end of the day, he's saying it's not a race thing, it's a hate thing. But the fact of the matter is racism is driven by hate. So you're, you're stating the obvious in, in, that, in that stance. Hate has so many different forms and racism is one of them. So when you see a white officer kill a black man or just an officer in general kill a black man, it's race-related. 
It's obviously race. It's always been race related, especially when you take into consideration the fact that a lot of these, you know, domestic terrorists like Dylan Roof or the the guy who shot up that movie theater in Aurora, who were white, who were actually apprehended under strategic pretenses. But then these guys who are innocent, who did nothing wrong at all, were shot down in cold blood. It shows you that it's race motivated. So I got to disagree for the most part with Lewis because he's trying to straddle the fence. And it's disappointing to see that because you're a black man and you can't even recognize the fact that your people are in danger. You don't have to advocate for them, but don't don't give us this BS about it's not race related. It's it's hate related. It. Oh, my God. There are a lot of lot of colorblind Negroes out there in the world of media, and it sickens me. And he is one of them. It sickens me to a T. This, we're talking about a guy who was convicted of murder. Or, sorry, not convicted. He was, he was charged with murder. And he got off clearly because he has a job in the NFL being a commentator. But you, you would think that after a life-altering experience such as that, you would have some sort of clout. This is someone who is seen as a motivational speaker and also someone who was seen as somewhat of a religious figure, especially within the community. This guy played in the city of Baltimore for how many years? And you would think that him playing in a city that has the largest concentration of black people in the country, he has seen them from all walks of life, rich or poor. And you would think, especially in Baltimore, because Baltimore is not a happy place, ladies and gentlemen, you would think that he would sympathize and empathize with a lot of people who have been in those situations before. But hey, when you're making, what, seven figures a year at the very least, money seems to blind you from a lot of those issues, for some people at least. But anyways, that ain't none of my business. Do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree? You already know the drill. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Coming up after the commercial break, we got Wanks of the Week. But before we get to that, you already know how we do with the old school. It is time for that Flashback Friday track of the day. So let's get to it, shall we? Hit it. Now, because this whole entire episode of Cool Radio has involved firing shots and what have you, both literally and figuratively, I figure let's continue that trend, you know, for this segment. Now, Beef is no stranger to Canadian MCs as much as people may think otherwise. But nonetheless, our very own hometown hero, Drake, has gone into a few beefs back in the uh, later 2000s. And we're about to revisit that right now, featuring the likes of J.D. Era, who arguably had the best verse on this record, J- um, Johnny Rocks, uh, Tony, we also got Ken Masters, and I believe Bris- uh, Bishop Brigante was on this record as well. This record is called Good Riddance, and it is the infamous diss to Aristo and Littles. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Listen online or download the app. You got it? MaximumFM.ca. I forgot Drake's voice used to sound like that. It was very low pitch. Now it's, he's got a little bit more bass in it. But, uh, yeah, that was interesting to hear that. Nonetheless, uh, cool cats and cool kittens, welcome back to the show. It is your man, GM Cool with Cool Radio. And to close out the show like we normally do on a weekly basis, it is time for that event that you've been waiting for for almost an hour now. But, nonetheless, let's get to it. <clears throat> Who has been entered into the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? 
who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. Wankster of the Week and the captain of coonery goes to none other than the king himself, Don King. All right. Now, Don King is getting the wankster, not because he's been a terrible boxing promoter for his entire career, but because of the fact that he is not only a Trump supporter, but was at a Trump rally cooning out as he usually does, this time in front of the majority of white folks over there, by using the N-word. All right? Now, this is how he used it. He used it in a multitude of ways, but I'm going to read you the direct quote in which what he said uh, while he was standing at the podium. As he was standing at the podium endorsing Donald Trump, he was telling a story that, uh, in which he was having a conversation with uh, Michael Jackson, basically. And this is what he said verbatim, and I quote, <clears throat> You've got to understand my black brothers and sisters. They told me you've got to try to emulate and imitate the white man, and then you can be successful. So we tried that. They said, if you can get some money, you can do, do this here. I told Michael Jackson, I said, if you're poor, you're a poor Negro. I would use the N-word. But if you're rich, you're a rich Negro. If you are intelligent, you're an intelligent Negro. If you're a dancing and sliding and gliding nigger, I mean Negro, he literally did that, by the way, you're a dancing and sliding and gliding Negro. So dare not alienate because you cannot assimilate. You know you're going to be a Negro till you die. So when he made the slip up and went from Negro to nigga, the entire room erupted in laughter because he erupted in laughter as well because of the fact that he recognized he slipped up or whatever. Donald Trump laughed a little bit. It was like a little, little, little smug smirk or whatever, but he wasn't really grinning or anything like that. But nonetheless, everyone was laughing and erupting and what have you. But nonetheless, um, even, even missed the whole slip up of, of the word nigga. The fact that he was saying, be a smiling Negro, be a, a dancing Negro, be a gliding Negro. This man was basically saying, coon yourself to the highest degree in order for you to succeed. And obviously that's going to come from someone like Donald, or from uh, Don King because of the fact that he's been cooning his entire career as a boxing promoter. From Ali to Tyson to Mayweather, they all backed away from him when they realized how much poison this guy was carrying with them. But at the end of the day, he just coons out because that's all he knows how to do. I'm surprised with as big of a coon that this guy is, he has yet to have his own reality show. And if he has, then I clearly do not know about it or have not known about it at all. But nonetheless, the type of rhetoric that he was spewing out, it's so dangerous and it's so toxic and it pollutes the minds of people who don't know any better. These are the types of black folk that I wish would be eradicated from the surface of this very planet. And they should just flame up in the, in, the, in the eternal burning sun, basically. But no, we don't have that technology to make that happen. Well, we do, but then we'd be committing murder. But that's besides the point. The point is this. Stuff like this is unacceptable. Rhetoric like that is unacceptable. Because when you have rhetoric like that, then it gives bigots and people who have prejudiced state of minds to believe what they want to believe about black people and people of color. It gives racist cops the excuse to kill and execute black people in cold blood. It gives people who don't want to assimilate or they don't want have to have any change among them when it comes to 
combining with other ethnicities, it gives them a reason to hate everyone else. And this, coming from a person of color especially, I shouldn't be surprised because this guy's like 70 years old and he doesn't know any better. He's stuck in his ways. But to me, that's a cop-out for saying that you're not willing to expand on your horizons despite whatever age you're at. So with that being said, Don Kuhn is getting the wanks of the week. Shouts to T.I. for that. He's actually the one who came up with that term. Um, do you agree or should he be the coon or the wankster of the week? Well, coon of the week, sure. But nonetheless, should he be? Of course! And I'm going to drop it on him just like this. And that wraps up another edition of Cool Radio. I want to thank y'all for tuning in like you do on a regular basis. Uh, next week, we got my man Brooks coming in. His long-awaited, triumphant debut at Cool Radio. Um, this guy, he is an artist who was born in Toronto but was raised in New York, hence the name Brooks, which I gave him. <laughs> Thank you very much. But nonetheless, we will get into a lot of things with Brooks, including his music and a tragic incident that happened to him a few years back that he wants to deliver the full details on. So I got that exclusive coming next week. Uh, but yeah, make sure you tune in for that next week. And make sure you tune in on a weekly basis, as you always do already. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at DM on the cool or cool underscore radio follow us on soundcloud at cool underscore radio subscribe us on youtube at cool underscore radio and like us on facebook at cool radio no underscore in that one and remember that cool radio is a division of cool click media and entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies keep it gravy and wavy we are out of here peace cool.